0: If you're lost on a bicycle, it's fun. If you're lost in a car, it's stressful. On a bike, you're probably going to check your map before you bike over that bridge. And in the meantime, if you have taken a wrong turn, you discover something that you just 100% would not have seen otherwise.
1: Megan Sinnett is obsessed with cycling. I know this because for 12 years she ran Portland's World Naked Bike Ride. But she's ambivalent about the whole naked bit.
0: I mean, what I like about it is it's one time a year that you can get 10,000 people on bicycles. It's beautiful to see what the human body can do as far as propelling ourselves, right? Like, with these two legs, I can get myself anywhere in Portland, Oregon, and that should be celebrated.
1: You probably know by now that Portland is a values-driven city. People live by what they believe in. And whether it's at your secular church or vegan strip club, yep, there really are vegan strip clubs. You can find your people. Portland has its heart on its sleeve.
0: The World Naked Bike Ride is an event that happens all over the world. For one reason or another, Portland's is the largest that we know of.
1: Picture 10,000 people stripping down as bare as they dare
0: and riding through Portland. It happens once a year in June during Pedalpalooza which is a whole month of bike fun and so imagine like over 300 bike rides that you could choose to go on in one month oh and God. they're all free and so the World Naked Bike Ride is no exception it's, it's a free bike ride anybody can join. The World Naked
1: Bike Ride isn't just about getting your kid off it's a protest against our dependency on oil And with Portland's nature-loving culture, I'm not surprised their turnout is so massive.
0: You know, I am not a nudist, but I'm happy to get naked once a year and ride around the city if it means that people start talking about our reliance on oil and um, how bikes could be a good solution.
1: I'm Faustina Regoli and this is Portland an engaged, active and passionate city with the closeness of a small town. It's a neighborhood-driven subculture paradise. Over this series, I've been deep diving into all things Portland does best. Live music, crafting cocktails, farm-to-table deliciousness, queer culture, cannabis treats, but I'm yet to just get out there and explore the leafy streets. So that's what I'm doing with Megan today, using her favorite way to get around discovering Portland by bike. Everyone tells me it's the easiest way to see the city.
0: Today, we're gonna get on bikes and ride through the city along some of my uh, most common routes and to see some of the highlights. a Bunch of different neighborhoods and um, different vibes throughout the city.
1: Megan meets me at the Jupiter next because it's a good central point in East Portland. It's on Burnside Street, which is the main street that crosses the river and quarters the city. The neighbourhoods we're going to explore today all fan out around it. What's the first stop for us? I'm going to
0: take you guys up a neighbourhood greenway and stop over in the Hawthorne neighbourhood. It's a nice neighborhood um, where people gather uh, and shop. But okay, so what Hawthorne's really known for, I think, is you can go there and spot hippies in the wild to this day.
1: Let's get on these
0: bikes. I'm excited. All right, let's go. All right, let's go. Beep, beep. (laughs) You're doing great. Okay, so we got a car coming up on the right. I'm going to stop. Thank you. Yeah.
1: My peripheral vision isn't that great. (laughs) Uh, Okay, we're turning left. With this hoodie.
0: Okay. (laughs) So we're on Southeast Ankeny. And you can tell by these markings on the street. Do you see the bicycle with two little arrows on top of it? Yeah. That's called a shareo, as in share the road. (laughs) They don't really mean much legally, but what they do is they kind of point out that this is a street called a Neighbourhood Greenway.
1: A Neighbourhood Greenway is a street where cyclists and pedestrians get priority. Basically, Portland is very pro-car alternatives. The city is all about reducing environmental impact walking, cycling and public transport are great ways to get around. As we ride, I notice straight away that this isn't the maddening sprawl of LA. It's a small-town feel with little surprises around every corner. The city is made up of small neighbourhoods. Each one has its own identity.
0: So one of the things that people note when they come and visit Portland is all of the distinct neighbourhoods that we have. And a lot of those exist because historically... Portland had streetcars, and those little neighbourhoods are where the streetcar stopped. And so they're like great little intersections with storefronts and apartments up above and just sites of interest. We might let this car go past us. Yeah, so. no worries. I'm going to go up in front of you then.
1: At the start of the ride, I get a different feeling on the road that I can't quite place. At first, I presume it's because we're in America and riding on the other side of the road. But when we roll up to an intersection, I quickly work out the real reason why I feel funny.
0: So those people are waiting for us, that's really sweet. Welcome to Southeast Portland where four lanes of traffic have stopped so we can cross the road.
1: How wild is that? I'm used to getting hassled on my bike everywhere else, but here, even a giant monster truck covered in blue flames gently slowed to a crawl and enthusiastically waved us through. As we travel through the Hawthorne neighborhood, Megan calls out the places we're riding past. The Portland tropes are coming in thick and fast,
0: and I'm loving it. I just want you to appreciate that to our right over there is a place where you can go sit outside and smoke a hookah. It's been around forever. We're going to turn left up this busy street. I love the tagline to this place. It's called noun, a person's place for things. (laughs) That mural up there is kind of hidden. It's a boy blowing a dandelion. I like this restaurant here, The Suite Hereafter, because it's got, it's a whole bar with delicious vegan food. Only vegan food. Are you a vegan? I am a vegan. This bar has a secret back area where you can only get there if you know which book to open. Uh, Turn right on the bookshelf. This little acupuncture place on the left, they've been open for about 15 years and when they first opened, I found them on Craigslist and they let me, like, do some small office work in exchange for free acupuncture. Oh, Portland.
1: You might remember from our first episode that Portland objected to all the cement highways being built all over the city. Portland also has a similar relationship to shopping malls. People here didn't want to go the way of giant concrete American mega malls. We do pass an entirely vegan mini-mall, the world's first of its kind. You can buy vegan cakes, t-shirts, grocery items, and even get a vegan tattoo. Portland likes to do things on its own terms, led by its own values. It's now the afternoon and we've covered a lot of ground. I'm in need of a drink, so I've asked Megan to drop me off at a bar in northeast Portland. I'm about to meet up with another local. Hey, Zoe. Good to see you. Good
0: to see
2: Welcome you. to Jinx. So what's, why'd you pick this place? Um, other than it being five blocks from my house. <laughs> okay. They're super nice. They opened right when my boyfriend and I moved to this neighbourhood, and when we saw pinball, we were like, guess we're walking down to Jinx most days of the week.
1: This is Zoe Vrabel. Zoe is quite fond of pinball. Like, here's an example... While we chat, she keeps a watchful eye on
2: the five glowing machines next to us. So this is Medieval Madness, which is one of the most popular pinball machines, and it actually features Tina Fey before she was famous as a voice actress.
1: Really? Cool! That's
2: amazing. This is Ghostbusters, one of the newer machines, even though it's themed about the around the old Ghostbusters, not the Lady Ghostbusters, which would be a cool theme. It features a wider gap than normal, so newer players feel like they're not doing so great. It's not, it's not a great one for newbies. Okay. And then this is the most popular pinball machine of all time, the Addams Family. And it is just beloved by everyone. It's something where every part of the playfield makes sense as part of the story. It has a hand that comes out and magnetizes your ball away, just like Thing would do. What? So Addams Family stays supreme.
1: For Zoe, pinball is more than just a way to pass the time. She lives and breathes Portland pinball.
2: Pinball is when my brain shuts off and my reflexes turn on, only focus on the here and now right in front of me, me versus the pinball machine.
1: I've been told Portland is a paradise for subcultures – Any misfit can find their people here and feel like they belong. So I wanted to go deep on a subculture I know absolutely nothing about. My only experience of pinball is the tiny computer version on my old Microsoft. Is it quite normal for bars to have pinball machines?
2: In Portland, yes. Portland likes offbeat niche stuff that you can do in bars when it's raining, and there was a large pinball community of guys who just liked to get together and play, so the bar culture kind of just grew pinball to the point that it is today, where we can go to pretty much any bar in town.
1: What started as a cheeky point of
2: difference for some bars in Portland has grown into a mammoth subculture. Portland has the most pinball machines on location per capita in the world. And now we've destroyed the castle because we hit it enough times and it goes nuts. Or if you're more of a pinball purist like I am, I like to make every shot on the game. Um, I got into pinball because there was a bar down the street from my college that I started going to when I turned 21. They had four pinball machines and I was playing pool competitively, but I like being good at everything. It's the biggest surprise to me is how quickly I was able to understand it and improve myself. So what I remember most is the first time I put my initials into a pinball machine saying, I got a high score on this machine and I'm leaving my mark.
1: So Zoe started getting good at pinball, like really good. Diving into the scene took her all over the city, discovering the range of pinball bars and getting to know the machines. The variety of pinball across the city is huge, which is half the fun. But Zoe noticed the machines do have one thing in common.
2: In, you know, pretty much every game you'll find a damsel in distress or no women at all or only busty, sexy ladies. And so it's definitely... The art shows how male-dominated the hobby has been for so long and how normal it is to only cater to the, like, straight, white, older male demographic. So in 2009, when I started playing pinball, it was overwhelmingly male. And it was overwhelmingly members of this gang of pinball players who had a skull mascot on the back of their black t-shirts and everyone had tattoos. Everyone was smoking cigarettes in between matches and yelling and swearing when they lost and... That was a little overwhelming to walk into. I was 21. I had never really interacted with adults outside of being in a very school-based environment. So this was my first grown-up subculture. There was this very overwhelmingly male-aggressive feeling. And I, I leaned into that. It wasn't long before
1: Zoe started playing pinball competitively and winning, big, in comps all over the country. In fact, she became the women's world champion in
2: pinball. I was drinking beer and smoking cigarettes and having the same sense of humour just to prove that they they didn't have the market cornered. I was trying to be the same as them rather than change the environment itself.
1: But no matter how good she got at the game... Zoe still felt like a misfit, in the city that's meant to embrace misfits and make them feel like they belong. She realised she shouldn't have to change herself to enjoy competitive pinball. It went against what she loved most about Portland in the first place.
2: The feeling of community, it's a small city. Everyone felt really approachable, like they were doing Similar things. They were all niche experts in whatever weird thing they loved. It, it felt like a city of misfits rather than a bunch of normal people and then little pockets of weirdos. People feel empowered to do weird things without asking for permission.
1: Zoe held on
2: to this and ran with it. For myself, I didn't ask anyone whether I could start running pinball tournaments in their bars. I just did it, and then people started showing up to it, and then the bars started getting excited about it, and it's it's really grassroots as far as how these things come into existence.
1: Zoe started reclaiming the pinball scene from the dudes, running her own events, and setting the terms from the start.
2: I wanted somewhere that everyone felt comfortable. I didn't want my female friends to come up to me and say, oh, I just had another guy tell me I shouldn't get beat by a girl. I wanted a place where people didn't feel scared of their opponents. They felt collaborative a little bit more, making sure that we were more intentionally including new people rather than saying, here's our community, break in if you can. That has very much changed over time the pinball events in Portland have blossomed. So you're seeing a community that has put in work in recruiting women, making spaces feel safe and welcoming for women and other minority groups.
1: they needed Portland the most, the scene turned out for them. This is what I love about this city. Portland shows up for you. When I look above me, the ceiling at Jinx Bar is covered in flags, representing all different groups. I see the rainbow flag, the Pacific Northwest flag. There's clearly pride in bringing people together here.
2: The definition of family in Portland, I think, expands to include your broader community and the deep bonds that you're able to form with people because you're doing the same thing that you both love.
1: I say goodbye to Zoe and jump back on my bike, ready to pedal to my last stop. While I'm riding, I'm thinking about how all the subcultures I've come across in Portland respond to challenges, not just in pinball, but also hip-hop cannabis culture, fashion, how they all evolve, adapt, self-organise, protect their environment and support their community. It's why I've picked this brick wall on a noisy main road to be the last stop on my ride. In 2016, a group of friends in Portland came together to brainstorm how they could fight hate. I'm talking xenophobia, sexism, queerphobia, Islamophobia, and environmentally destructive beliefs. From this, a group called Nasty Women Get Shit Done was born. The group collaborated with two artists, Jason Maxfield and Sean Donnell, to produce a mural, which is where I've arrived on my bike. The painting is the American flag, but it's covered in white writing. It says... In our America, all people are equal. Love wins. Black lives matter. Immigrants and refugees are welcome. Disabilities are respected. Women are in charge of their bodies. People and planet are valued over profit. Diversity is celebrated. The mural captures the values of Portland. The painting has since been printed on yard signs. I've spotted heaps in front lawns all over the city today. And it's travelled further afield too. These signs have started popping up all across the country. I see the spread of the sign as a hopeful metaphor for the spread of Portland's progressive values. Like so many beautiful, thoughtful, progressive things, it started here, in Portland. Before I walk away, I notice someone has scribbled something in marker underneath the mural. Someone's tried to to deface it a bit. Somebody graffitied at the bottom writing this don't make it true. Yeah, look, that person has a fair point. What's interesting about the defacing, though, is that even though it might be cynical, there's still hope in that statement. Humanity has a long way to go, but the mural is still a strong mantra. It's like the words on this wall are following on from Lewis Mumford in 1938. This is our current challenge. Respect. Equity, that we all give a damn about all people and our planet. I think whoever added that scroll is capturing the spirit of this place, which is we can be better. legs are a bit sore from trying to impress Megan on the bike today, but it's not the only pain I feel because tomorrow I fly back to Australia and I know I'm gonna miss this place. I've climbed up to the top of Mount Tabor to get one last look at the city before I go. It is so, 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 so beautiful up here. I'm surrounded by evergreen fir trees that kind of look like Christmas trees and have a beautiful scent to them. And it's a good spot to reflect on this past week. High up on Mount Tabor, I think I've figured out the big appeal to Portland. Portland feels intimate personal, like a meaningful friendship. I think when we travel we expect to be on the sidelines, an observer if you will. Portland feels so different. Portland pulls you into its communities. I've only been here a week and I've already made fast friends who've offered me a place to stay when I come back. That seems to capture the spirit of Portland to me. Portland, I will be back. I frickin' love you. Hello, doggy. Can I hug you before I go? Leaving this place is like saying goodbye to a friend who's opened up your world that much more, who's left that much of an impression on you, that you know every time you think of them, you'll think of them fondly. I'll miss you, Portland. Will you keep Portland safe for me? Thank you. <laughs> this is a Travel Portland podcast, created and project managed by Barking Owl Communications and produced by Audiocraft. Hosted by me, Faustina Rogoli. <sighs> I will be back. Executive producers are Jess Benneth, Kate Montague, Jill Collins and Katie Cahill. Produced by Selena Shannon with support from Bernadette Nguyen. Sound design by Tegan Nichols. Theme song composed by Jim Brunberg and Ben Landsberg of Wonderly. With thanks to Renee Gangemi and Trish White. This podcast was made possible with the support of American Airlines and Jupiter Next Hotel. For more information on flying to Portland, Oregon, go to aa.com. To book your hotel, go to jupiterhotel.com. To find out more about visiting Portland, go to travelportland.com slash unpack.